She's back. She's back. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm sitting here with the sun streaming through my window and uh, just wanted to jump on and record an episode for you because we're in the midst of coronavirus. If you're listening to this episode in, I don't know, 2025, um, I'm hoping podcast episodes will be evergreen, but who knows, if you're listening to this in a couple of years' time, uh, it's going to sound very odd what I'm about to say, but I've been in isolation now with my wife for 15 days. We are in the grips of coronavirus, not us personally, uh, the world is, and uh, my wife is pregnant. For those of you who haven't heard any of my updates, my wife is officially 20 weeks pregnant and uh, I'm an immunocompromised person. So we are in under strict isolation and I'm going to take the, my time when I can't go out and I'm going to use it wisely. So I shall be recording many more podcast episodes. We are going live on Instagram every evening usually 6pm or 8pm. Kiara and I are doing it together, which has been fabulous. We've had such a laugh doing it. Um, you can go follow me at Mrs. Bridget Hunt. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes to this episode. But yeah, come and find us. Come and hang out with us. Every evening we do uh, some sort of a quiz. We have parish notices where I keep you updated on stuff give you some links to look at useful stuff in this time of lockdown yeah it's really fun um usually involves lots of laughing from Kiara and I because it's totally unscripted and we end with Kiara singing we can be kind I'm going to try and put the song on a separate podcast episode for you because lots of you have said to me please can you send us the song but I can't really so I'm going to see if I can upload it as a standalone podcast episode so you can listen to it. We're trying to get it on iTunes um, so that people can buy it for a small fee. And we're going to send the proceeds to charity. So watch this space. Um, what other news do I have for you? Well, we have been pottering around in the garden. I'm so grateful, actually, that this lockdown happened when the weather changed. We've got a, a we haven't got a huge garden, but we've got a, a big enough garden and We've been planting lovely spring bulbs. We have been digging out containers to grow potatoes. Uh, I've got a salad trough going, so hopefully that'll start producing some salads soon. We're very lucky. We have two chickens, Doris and Rita, and after winter when they don't really lay, they've now started laying again. So that's, again, something to be very, very grateful for. And so, yeah, that's where we're at. We're stuck together. Fortunately, we get on very well. Kiara actually dyed my hair today for me. She's very, very good at all things hair and makeup, Kiara, apart from all her other amazing talents. And she, we, we ordered some hair dye from Sally's, some professional hair dye. So she dyed my hair for me today because it was very, very grey. So I'm very grateful to her. Um, this is going to sound really mushy and really strange, but I couldn't think of a better person to be in lockdown with. Um, She's my wife, sure. I did choose her, but we get on so well. And yeah, I'm I'm very, very grateful I'm stuck on lockdown with someone like her. So yeah, so on to today's episode. And I want to talk about some strategies for you all um, with this lockdown. So 
as you know, I coach other people. And I'm going to take my most common questions my clients have asked me in the last two weeks and answer them for you so that I can help you with strategy for staying sane when I know some of you are uh, very quite rightly feeling scared um, but also lonely anxious um, bored so I'm going to cover some topics and hopefully it will help and I want to start by reading something to you that I found just really beautifully written. It was written by someone, and I've got to tell you the backstory to this. It's written by someone called James Warnett. And I met I met James kind of by accident. So my usual spin studio, my favorite spin studio, Dig Me Fitness, and I go spinning, it was probably a month or so ago now, to lovely Darren uh, Placid's spin class. And you should go and follow Darren. Darren is a firefighter and a fit pro. And his classes are just amazing. So there I am. I've booked onto Darren's class. This dude walks into class. And guys and girls, he's enormous. I mean, enormous, fit and broad, enormous. Uh, That sounded really strange, didn't it? Not fit and broad, but you know what I mean. Rugby player, basically. And uh, I found out, obviously, that his name was James. And he sat on the bike in front of me. So... To give you the picture, if you haven't been to Dig Me, you're sitting on a bike and there are these giant screens in front of you. And you, you're you really competing against yourself, but you're kind of competing against other riders in the class too. And then in between those two screens is the instructor. Well, let me tell you, James sat on the bike in front of me. Not only could I not see the instructor, couldn't see either straight screen. All I could see was James's muscular broad back for the entire 45-minute class. So it turned into a bit of a joke between Darren and I, and now James is involved and uh, we connected on social media and have had a few messages backwards and forwards. And he's a really is a lovely human being. And I want to write, read something that he put on his Instagram. The sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he cannot stay quietly in his room, wrote French philosopher and mathematician Blaise Pascal. And James then writes, in a throwaway society, be it dresses, cars, or even relationships, where we spend hours daydreaming and looking for ideas to spend money we don't have. What could be worse than staying quietly in your house or even your bedroom? The concept of romanticism is bent towards adventure to the unknown, and we have rapidly evolved into people only really capable of fixating on what we don't have rather than what we do. It is a cherished belief installed in us that we must always go to new places, have exceptional experiences, buy that shirt and find the next worthwhile thing to do or place to be seen. But what if we spent as much time on looking at what was already inside us and what we already had to hand? You could argue that the pleasure we derive from journeys is perhaps more focused on the mindset with which we travel than on, which, than on where we actually go. If only we could apply a traveling mindset to our own rooms we might find those local places becoming no less attractive than Bali, Tulum, or Bora Bora. In some ways, it was pleasing to see so many people getting outdoors within the UK last weekend. Taking pleasure from rural walks and seaside retreats is great, but obviously utter madness too, given the current issues we face and the government advice. Being confined to home gives us a range of benefits, the most prominent being time. This can be perceived as a blessing or a curse. Whatever we like to believe, 
Few of us do much of, our, of the solitary, original, bold kind of thinking that can restore our spirits and move our lives ahead. It might give us an idea to start a new business. It could provide us with the strength to be honest about a relationship, a job, or a past misdemeanor. What if we did travel more? What if we didn't fritter our money away on material items that we don't really need, or alcohol we don't actually desire? Maybe we'd get clarity that the path we've been walking has been the wrong approach all along. It's scary stuff, but it's a road to knowing ourselves better, and that is worth some likes. Do you know, I was blown away by this. I, I've read it several times and without sort of being sounding odd, James is not an old man. He's a young, he's a young guy with a very, very wise soul. And I, I just, I messaged him and I said, do you mind if I share what you've written uh, on my podcast and my Instagram live? Because I think it's just so true. And it, it, it inspired, James, you inspired this podcast episode. Um, yeah, you and my clients, the people that have asked me questions that at first I didn't quite know how to answer, but I've been coming up with solutions for people. And yeah, I hope this podcast can allay some of your fears and hope you all feel a little less lonely. Just wanted to apologise briefly for the clicking of my mouse. I'm having to record this in quite tight segments because I'm expecting a delivery. And um, yeah, the, the doorbell might ring and the dogs might bark downstairs. So I'm doing it in short segments in case I had to um, record anything again. So that's why my mouse clicks from time to time. Sorry about that. Um, the first thing I want to talk about, and it's an observation both from my clients and from looking at other people's social media feeds, is the language that we are using that I think is not helping those people who are feeling trapped. So I've noticed a lot of people saying the words, I'm stuck at home. And I want you to start reframing that to allowing yourself to say things like, blimey, I get to be safe in my home. And spend time, you know, beautiful alone time if you are if you are um, self isolating by yourself, or with your with your family or your flatmate. The language we choose, the words we choose, whether it's to others or to ourselves, is really really important. And if you are feeling stuck, look at the language you are telling yourself. Look at the language you are expressing out loud. And if you are using the word stuck, just start by telling yourself that you choose to feel safe and secure in your home. And notice how that feeling of being trapped changes. I found a lovely, um, I don't know what the word is, it's like a social media image that I shared last night. And this was one of the things that came up on it. And it, it really resonated with me because I've noticed a lot, of, a lot of other people using the word stuck. Change it from being stuck to, I choose to feel safe and secure in my home, surrounded by loved ones. If I'm self-isolating by myself, I choose to spend this time um, in peace, in quiet, and, and catching up with people on Skype or FaceTime or whatever whatever that is. 
and having the time to do it when actually before this all kicked off, my life was so busy that I didn't get a chance to connect with anyone. So change, the first bit of advice is let's change the language from I'm stuck to I am choosing. The next bit I want to touch on is this whole thing of certainty and uncertainty. So the reason we are feeling so much like the the rug has been pulled from underneath our feet is because this really did come out of nowhere. So for a lot of nations, they saw what was happening in China and thought that's never going to come to us. And it has. And I, I genuinely thought when it first happened that it would have probably been more isolated to Asia. But actually, it wasn't. Right. And now I'm in the UK. I have many friends in the United States, um, Australia, New Zealand, and, and you know, cases are, and India cases are cropping up all over the world. And this thing is spreading. And that uncertainty of whether we are going to get it or not is what is causing a lot of people to feel very anxious. So like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm immunocompromised. My wife is pregnant. We are under very strict lockdown guidelines. We could get it. And, you know, the, the reality that I, I've allowed myself to face the reality. The reality is if someone like me gets it, it will probably be a lot worse than someone with a very strong immune system. But actually, it could also, I could also get it and be fine. My wife is pregnant. She could get it. They, there isn't enough data on what happens to the unborn child. But equally, she could get it and be mother and baby could be absolutely fine. I think what we tend to do when it's very, very uncertain times is we catastrophize. We say, um, oh, you know, I'm going to get this virus. I'm going to be really ill. We look at media. We look at these awful pictures of hospitals around the world and their struggling services and we immediately put ourselves in those ICU beds, wired up to everything. And in our heads, at the time of being triggered by that image, we are that person. We are lying there. The reality is very, very different. And I don't want to be as flippant as say, you know, you could all go out tomorrow and be run over by a bus. I mean, that's an annoying thing to say. And actually, I don't think people really identify with that. But what I will say is, you could catch this and be absolutely fine but give yourself that chance. So if the government has said, whichever country you're in and you're listening to this right now, whatever your government has said, follow the guidelines. If you can isolate as much as possible, if you can take precautions, keep your distance from others, keep washing your hands, if you're self-isolating and you're under very strict guidelines like Kiara and I, we de-box items that have been delivered to our house with gloves on, we then wash those gloves, we take them off, and we wash our hands again as a precaution. Um, yes, there is uncertainty. Yes, we don't know who's going to get this and who isn't. But just do everything you can to limit that exposure, to limit that risk. And know that if you do get it, actually, you might, you might be absolutely fine. There is also uncertainty, and I, I need to address this because a lot of people are having this fear and have contacted me about it. I'm very much affected financially because I've been forced to close my my other company, which is I've got ice cream and chocolate businesses. Um, and that is the financial uncertainty of this all. 
governments, uh, each government is tackling the financial uncertainty very differently. Here in the UK, they are trying to put measures in place so that people, you know, can pay their bills, pay their mortgages, pay their rents. Um, companies don't have to lay off staff. We we can find a way of keeping them. And that is actually cheering me up a lot. Knowing that I can potentially try and save my employees' jobs is what's getting me leaping out of bed in the morning and trying to trying to carry on, trying to save my company. Because the moment this is all over and I can open my company again, I'm going to really try blimmin' hard to do so. And I would like all my employees back. So Financial uncertainty is really tough. Um, There isn't a lot I can say on this because finance isn't my area of expertise. What I will say is, again, try not to catastrophize. So once that deck of cards starts falling down, please do not see yourself in your head as homeless with all your belongings out on the street, with no way of feeding yourself, with no access to shelter. Um, Because there there is always a solution. And by catastrophizing and seeing yourself destitute uh, without a single penny in your pocket, without a way to feed yourself or your family, is not going to help you take action. What I would say is take a huge look, honest look at your expenditure, cut any expenditure out that's not absolutely necessary. And actually, that's a really good thing for us all to do regardless of how many pounds, dollars, um, savings we have in our bank accounts. It's a really perfect, perfect opportunity to take a look at that personal balance sheet and ditch anything that's not absolutely necessary because we don't need a lot of this fluff. We don't need all these subscriptions to stuff. A lot of the stuff we subscribe to is actually available free. Um, You'll be amazed how much money you can save. And then I just hold tight. I personally don't think this is going to go on for years. I know some news, the tabloid press has been saying this could go 12, 18 months. I think countries will want to get economy going again. Um, And once I think the countries have reached their peak and cases start to decline, we will start to get back to normal slowly. I don't think it's going to be that speedy, but I think it will happen. And I just ask you all financially to try and sit tight for as long as you possibly can, because this isn't the end. Again, I've got people saying to me, but Bridget, this is the end of the world. No, it's not the end of the world. It really isn't the end of the world. It's a huge blip we're going through, but it isn't the end of the world. Sit tight. So that's my next piece of advice. I want to end on some real positives. And one of the positives I've noticed is that, especially on social media, I'm seeing a lot less um, body image slash dieting slash you should look, feel, be like this stuff. Sorry, that wasn't very eloquent. (laughs) You know what I mean? I've noticed that, and perhaps this happens with every major catastrophe. But I've noticed that people have stopped obsessing about being skinny, being shredded, being beautiful, being wanted, being important. Um, Certainly, I've noticed that with a lot of people that I follow. And I think it's really, really, really refreshing. When we have it all, I think we obsess about this minute stuff that actually bears no real importance on how we feel 
day to day. Yeah, just I find it really, really encouraging that my social media is no longer being full of people taking perfectly curated workout photos or, um, you know, faces, selfies with full makeup on. I mean, I guess a lot of the location photographs have also gone because we're all isolated. So taking a photograph at the Ivy while you sit there with your avocado on toast brunch uh, with a Bloody Mary in hand is no longer relevant, is it? Because we're at home and we're making do with what we have. And I think it's really refreshing that social media isn't full of stuff we should have, stuff that companies are trying to tell us we should be, feel, have. Yeah, I think it's I think it's wonderful. So I wanted to end on that positive and end on an idea for you to think about, which is if you were to get a piece of paper and write down all the things that before this kicked off you were worrying about, that you can park to one side Some of you may not feel comfortable parking them forever, and I totally understand that, but some of you will ditch these long term. So write a list of the things that before this crisis happened, you were obsessing about. And just give yourself permission that whilst this um, coronavirus is in circulation, while we're all in isolation and having to make do, what are the things you can park to one side with the promise that you'll look at them again when this is all over? And I think that will go some way to take the pressure off and for you to focus on the things I've just talked about, focus on the things that you you can control, focus on the stuff you you can learn, you can get done, you can feel, do, experience, show um, to the world. And I think parking some of the, the old shit and leaving it to one side will go a long way to help long-term happiness when this is all over. Very, very importantly, my next piece of advice is, is to find your new normal, find a new routine. So a lot of us have gone from leading very busy lives external to our place of residence and all of a sudden being thrust into 24 7 stuck in stuck in our houses with no idea of what the new normal looks like and my big suggestion to you is to find a new routine and find one very very quickly so I invite you to try getting up at the same time every morning and following a new routine you can keep one similar to if you're working from so let me give you two examples working from home and those of you that are currently uh, not working so if you're working from home i would stick to your office routine or your job routine as much as possible get up the same time you would have done follow the same coffee shower uh, workout whatever you do before you go to work and then sit at your desk dressed in your normal clothes very important not to spend your day sitting working in your pajamas i don't feel like it creates enough of a difference and it doesn't give you that work identity that actually is quite important right now so try and stick to the same routine try and have your breakfast lunch and dinner at the same time if that helps if you're in that working from home mentality if you 
can't work and you are stuck at home, set up a new daily routine for yourself. Again, get up at the same time every day and start a routine. So I don't know, might be get up at seven, um, have a cup of coffee, have a shower, brush teeth. Um, I have encouraged a lot of my clients to set a new morning routine that includes journaling uh, and then perhaps to learn something new. So I like Udemy as a learning platform. They often have very good deals. I would imagine right now in this coronavirus time that they're offering big discounts on some of their courses, but go and take a new course, go and learn something completely new. It doesn't even have to be something in the line of work that you're in. It could be something completely different, but make that part of your day. So pick a course that's not expensive, that has lots of hours of study and sit and study it. Get, you know, don't sit in your pajamas, get up, get dressed and sit and study for a couple of hours, then perhaps have lunch. Then after lunch, go out for your daily exercise, um, come back, read a book for a bit. Do you understand what I mean? Set up a new way of living that will immediately give you a sense of identity. Yes, albeit it's a new identity. It's not a forever, new forever identity, but it's a new identity. And it's one that I think will give you some certainty in this uncertain time. It'll give you certainty that every day this is what happens and it can be exciting. You can learn stuff. You can interact with something new. You can get your brain fired up. You can wake up um, excited about the rest of your day. And the last thing that I'm going to talk about in terms of stuff that people have said that they're really worried about, um, this is actually a bonus episode on my podcast, but I think I've got a feeling there might be more in this same vein, but loneliness is something that people have always experienced, even before this coronavirus. Um, But now I think it's been really put to the forefront of some people's minds. particularly those who were already struggling with loneliness and now feel even less connected to the outside world because they've been forced to self-isolate. I don't have all the answers for you with this, but I do know what has worked for some people. So a couple of suggestions. If you are living by yourself and you have neighbours, a friend of mine had a lovely idea they sit out at the same time every morning with a cup of coffee wrapped up warm and they chat over the garden fence so there is a um, in the UK there's a distancing thing we have to observe but you can sit far enough away from someone and you can still carry out a conversation and I thought that was a lovely thing to do when you miss that real time comfort Um, The NHS, again in the UK, the NHS have just announced that they're looking for 250,000 volunteers. Now, some of you won't be able to help if you are like my wife and I, but if you do have a healthy immune system and you're not at the at-risk, in the at-risk group, how lovely to go and volunteer. You know, if you have a car, they're asking people to pick up patients. If you don't have transport, they're asking um, for other services, maybe to go and get... um, shopping to look out for vulnerable people in your area. Um, Great, great idea. Maybe do something like that. Maybe volunteer for something 
that if your your immune system isn't compromised, you can physically go and help. Ideally, something where you are face to face with people. I know some food banks, especially in London, are looking for volunteers too. And the food banks have been particularly hard hit because a lot of people have been stockpiling. Um, But then I would like you to get used to reaching out to people and asking them if there's anything they'd like to chat about. So often when we feel lonely, we feel very difficult. We find it very difficult to say to other people, I'm lonely, can we chat? But it's actually much easier to say to someone else, hi, you know, is there anything you need right now? Leave a friend a voice memo and say, I'd really love to have a a chat with you tonight. I want to find out if there's anything you're struggling with. I want to be an ear, a friendly ear to talk to. And that is a much easier way of getting conversation going without feeling like you're sad and you're asking for help. Does that make sense? So don't sit in your own loneliness, but reach out to someone and say, you know, I'd love to have a chat with you. Is there anything you need? Let me know what you're struggling with. Um, Another lovely idea I heard from someone in central London is they're doing meal swaps at the moment. So in the absence of being able to go around to people's houses for dinner parties, friends, I, I saw three friends who don't live that far from each other. They So one friend did a starter, one did a main course, one did a dessert. And what you do is, say you're the starters person, you go and drop the starters at your two friends' separate houses. They come and drop the main course at your house and the other person drops the dessert at your house. And then all three of you have a starter, a main course and a dessert. And then what they do is they go on FaceTime. I think it was FaceTime or Skype. And they do a group conversation or Zoom. They do a group conversation and they all eat it at the same time. So it's like having a dinner party. All three of you have cooked something different for each other. And you sit there and you eat it. I thought that was wonderful. What a lovely, lovely idea. I know people have been meeting up virtually online and having gin and tonic o'clock or, you know, coffee, coffee morning, whatever it is. Um, Yeah. Allow yourself to acknowledge that you're feeling lonely and then find ways to reach out where you don't feel embarrassed about saying, I need to chat. Reach out and ask someone else, can you help them in any way? Really, really lovely thing to do. Much easier than saying, I'm struggling. My next piece of advice is be very, very mindful about the amount of time you spend consuming media and the type of media that you do consume. So I noticed in myself that the more I looked at mainstream media, so news channels, be it written you know, in the newspapers or on TV, the more I tried to absorb, the more stressed out I became. And what I found was when this crisis started picking up, because for a short period of time I was in fear because of my health situation, what I would do is go around the various news media sites and pick bits of information out that I thought would be pertinent to me and my wife and our home situation and run with that. And that became quite addictive. And I was spending more and more time seeking out new pieces of information that I could use to catastrophize further or um, build a case further. So what I mean by that was, 
I would use that news media to the positive and to the negative. So initially, I did have a period, I would say of about a day of catastrophizing before I put my life coaching hat on myself and turned it inward and said, you know, Bridget, what, what are you doing? Like you, you know not to do this. But I would pick news piece, pieces of news information and I would use those to catastrophize in a very negative way. And then as it's gone on, I'm looking to the media to find pieces of information to try and build a positive case. But that's not helping me either. So I would really limit your news exposure to if your government is broadcasting a daily live. I mean, our prime minister has been doing almost daily updates. Just limit yourself to that. Just take the facts in a very short space of time. And I would ignore all other news media, because if you're trying to build a case in the positive or the negative, both are going to stress you out and make you feel more anxious. Do not do it. Trust me. Just trust me on this one. Spend your time looking at. So I, I choose to look at or search on Google for um, really lovely things like love stories in the time of strife. I look at random acts of kindness. I look at funny um, urban legends and urban myths that just make me laugh. Um, I might go and spend a bit of time looking at dog or puppy or kitten videos. Um, whatever it is, just look at stuff that in, in the immediate moment has a positive effect on you, whether that's heartwarming, whether it's laughter, whether it's um, inspirational, and stay away from Remember, the, the, the news sites are loving this right now. The media is loving this. It's a great opportunity for media to push content out there and get money you know, on the back end in advertising and stuff like that. So just be very mindful that you are being sold a story that you don't necessarily have to listen to. And go and seek out forms of uh, information that make you feel better seek out stuff that makes you laugh, seek out stuff, again, as I said before, that inspires you. Uh, if you have any suggestions of stuff that can help others, let me know. I'll share them on my Instagram. Um, and like I said before, I'm doing almost daily Instagram lives every evening, so I can always share stuff on there too. Um, I'd love to share stories like the one I did with you right at the beginning of um, that, that lovely Instagram post he wrote and the words he wrote, which are just so true. Let's keep it simple and let's keep it fun and entertaining. And let's put a temporary ban on consuming massive amounts of media that make us feel stressed. Oh, I could have talked for ages about all of this, but I'm not. I want to keep this fairly brief and I'd like to try and podcast a uh, bit more frequently especially at this time. So I would love you to send me anything you would like me to talk about, and it could be anything. Um, yeah, let me know what you're struggling with. Let me know what would help, and I will try and get it done. I'm looking to interview some people. I'm uh, trying to set that up currently, uh, where I can interview people with good enough, I can get good enough sound quality, and just have some further discussions around all of this and keep you all loved, supported and entertained, I guess. That's my mission. I, um, I'm i feeling positive. I, I, I had a bit of a wobble. I'm going to admit that right at the beginning. I did. I worried about my business. I worried about my health, my wife's health. But I feel all right. You know, I feel 
positive. I've put lots of things in place that have helped and yeah, I'm feeling good. So let me help you feel good too. Some of you have asked me about coaching and you can always send me a message. Um, I'll put my email address as well in the show notes. I've put all my social media links, but if you need to reach out by email, you can. And yeah, just know that I, I'm thinking of you all. I'm here for you. I want to give a special shout out to lovely Rachel. Rachel um, contacted me. She lives in Norway and I haven't seen her for years and years. And I just want to, this episode is a special shout out to you, Rach. It's been really lovely to hear from you. And I will speak to you all very soon. I will start working on my next episode already. And I send you lots of love. Please be safe, all of you. Please stay happy. Come and join in on my Instagram lives in the evening because we have a right old laugh. And yeah, stay smiling. Big love, everyone.